You're listening to another episode of The Zag. Eric Sob here, excited to be back in February. Some new episodes of The Zag are now up, including today's episode with 2021 NLC San Francisco fellow, Renee Menard is here. We'll catch up with her. She is a published author working on some very important work as well. Don't want to miss it. Let's get to it. Yeah, you know, we actually just finished up the the first set of Institute weekends in January, the lead weekend, and you're a very recent relative uh, to other fellows uh, finishing up just last year. What do you remember about the experience from, from January 21? Wow. Well, I can just say that I'm really excited for the fellows who are going through that right now. Um, lead weekend is something that everybody takes a little bit of a, a different uh, set of yeah. um takeaways, for lack of a better word, from it. You know, for me, I would say that uh, Lead Weekend was one of the first times that I've ever had the opportunity to really vision my life uh, 5, 10, 15 years down the line. Anytime someone previously has asked me, you know, what a long-term plan is for myself, it was really daunting. And I think part of the reason why it was so daunting was because I hadn't yet defined what success looks like in my life. And Lead Weekend gave me the space to do that along with some really incredible people. So I just absolutely loved it. And I hope people are having a great time. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm curious then, did you have um, book writing and book publishing as something that was already in process or already had happened? Or was that actually part of your goals? Because that's one of the things we wanted to have you on to talk about. Yeah. So I have for the past four plus years been working with a nonprofit organization in San Francisco called the Center on Juvenile and Criminal Justice. I'm a policy analyst, and uh, as part of that, I do policy research and advocacy focused on reducing incarceration and building up community alternatives. So book writing had not been the top of the list, (laughs) but it was something that um, just in the year prior to joining NLC, I did begin the process of developing a children's book. Uh, Not without uh, any reservations, but it was something that I started to do. And and through NLC, uh, I was able to finish that process and and get it published. Yeah. Well, tell folks a little bit about the book. It was, I guess, first starting with the title, which is unique, and a little bit about what's inside. Yeah. So the book is called Dimitri Makes a Memory Quilt. It's about a young boy in San Francisco whose mom is incarcerated. And the book is an opportunity for any children from any familial background to be able to empathize and connect with a character that oftentimes uh, it's a story that goes untold. So I, you know, through my work at the Center on Juvenile and Criminal Justice, do a lot of work with uh, families that are impacted by incarceration. And I actually had mothers who have been involved in the justice system involved in developing some of the key themes and concepts for the book. But all in all, the book is about a young boy named Dimitri who embarks on a healing journey through uh, the creative process of making a quilt with the help of his grandmother and his family members. And through that, he gets to feel more connected with his mom and uh, just more like a return to himself in that process. Yeah, one thing I'm curious about, so I actually taught fourth grade for many years, and it was always important decisions, what books I wanted to do as read aloud with the students or what books you would want to have in the library to represent the different backgrounds and stories that the students brought. And I'm always curious too, as an author of a kid's book, are you thinking about some of the academic skills as well that maybe teachers would try to uh, kind of teach through the books? Are you doing, or actually going more for the narrative story and that impact? How do you kind of think through that maybe from how 
teachers will maybe choose a book or inter interact with the book in a classroom setting? That was definitely a consideration. Uh, so I uh, didn't have the experience of being a, a teacher like yourself, but I did work in a preschool classroom for about three years. Uh, it was a reading and literacy program mm -hmm. through the AmeriCorps program yeah. called Jumpstart. And through that, I really fell in love with books that offer rich and engaging vocabulary to kids at a young age. And through that experience, I found that you can really touch on both educational uh, classroom uh, strategies alongside building up children's social and emotional development. So this book is really intended to not only provide uh, children with these vivid um, images that show children um, and family members in a dignified way mm -hmm. as they're going through this difficult experience. But it also is meant to model how to handle big emotions at a young age, um, to build empathy among all children who read the book, and also to, uh, as I said, provide um, vocabulary and uh, reading basics that children uh, can, can pick up and, and learn as they go. When we come back with Renee, we'll talk a little bit more about the actual book publishing process and what was involved with that. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Zag. We'll be right back. Hey, Renee, I feel like a fair amount of NLC alums um, think about publishing books. A few of them are published authors. I think even a few might even have cracked into the children's book space. But once you have the idea and the narrative story, how do you find an illustrator? How do you think about the publishing process? How did that all come together for you? I went into this process uh, with very little knowledge of what it would actually entail as I moved through it. <laughs> so that is the, uh, you know, part of the mm. process as a, a new author. Um, but I learned a lot through it. So I had the benefit of having the support of a local grant in uh, the process to develop this book. So I had applied and received a grant uh, called the Bay Area Inspire Awards, uh, which provided me with some baseline funding to, um, like you said, reach out and connect with an illustrator, a book designer, and also to compensate the uh, justice-involved mothers uh, that took part in the process. So to me, it was really important that everybody who was involved in the process was compensated for their time and their lived expertise. So I started there. I started with a bit of a concept about what I wanted this story to provide, recognizing, of course, that there are major systemic issues that need to change in order to uh, start chipping away at the harms of mass incarceration. But this book is meant to be a tool among many for children who and families who are experiencing this. So I started there. I had conversations with people in my organization and in my community about what this book could provide. And I was very uh, willing to collaborate throughout. So I recognized I, you know, I can write the story and I, you know, through the process, especially through uh, early uh reading and literature background was able to develop a story that I think is fun and engaging for kids alongside some of these bigger lessons. But I connected with an illustrator uh, in this age, you know, you go to Instagram and <laughs> you uh, start searching through hashtags and whatnot. And I fell in love with the work of many illustrators, but one in particular, Candace Bradley. The, the protagonist of the book and his family is 
a black family in San Francisco, and it was really important to me to collaborate with people from the community. Uh, Candace Bradley is a fantastic black illustrator who actually comes from the Bay Area. So it was really, uh, I think, a perfect match for somebody to be able to bring this story to life. Um, and through the process of publishing, I actually weighed the costs and benefits of pursuing traditional publishing uh, alongside independent publishing. And for this particular project, with my desire to be able to maintain creative control and have uh, a process that really looked the way I think it needed to, I chose to go the self-publishing route, which uh, led to the book being released in November this past year, November of 2021. And it's been really exciting to, to see it come to fruition. Yeah. And if folks want to find the book, what's the best way they can do that? The book is available on Amazon as well as other providers. So uh, it's available through Target, Barnes & Noble. I am working to get a hard copy version of the book uh, in libraries as well. So mm -hmm. that's something to look forward to. And last thing, are you already working on your next book or taking a break? What's on the horizon for you? Right now, I am still focusing on the release process of hmm. Dimitri Makes a Memory Quilt. So phase one has really been about <laughs> getting the book into hands of readers. Uh, and p many people came out to support the book at a launch event. Uh, and I, through the sales of this book, have committed to... Um, donating all profits to nonprofit organizations supporting families impacted by incarceration. So I'm proud and excited to say that nearly uh, $1,800 were donated to the Center on Juvenile and Criminal Justice's CJCJ's Cameo House program uh, this past December. So that's going to continue to roll out. We've got folks who are interested in buying the books, and I hope that folks listening um, will do so for the little ones in their lives. But phase two, and what I'm working toward right now, is actually trying to get uh, large uh, amounts of the book uh, available on a donated basis. Mm. So I'm working to get donated copies into the hands of directly impacted children and their families through local organizations, as well as uh, schools and libraries, as I mentioned. Love it. Sounds great. Listen, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode. We'll put all the info about where you can find Renee's book in the info for this episode. Make sure to check that out. And, of course, check out also past episodes of The Zag. You can find them in all the places you get your podcast. Stay tuned. Some new episodes dropping later this week and next week. Don't miss it. Follow us on Instagram at The Zag Podcast. We'll see you there. Until next time, catch you soon.